0: Yes, you're listening to Mixtape Assembly, created by myself, Hartley Lloyd Pack, in which guests tell stories about music that's been special to them in their lives. This Mixtape Assembly features Zoe Buckman, an artist who has developed a reputation for the bold and innovative ways in which she confronts the themes of feminism, mortality and equality. Working in sculpture, installation, and photography, Zoe's influences are often lyrical, with past exhibitions paying reference to John Keats and the notorious B.I.G, respectively. In her mixtape assembly, Zoe reflects on how important music is to her work, and as both a feminist and a fan of hip-hop, talks about how she responds to some of the misogynistic content found within certain rap lyrics. As a London girl relocated to New York, Zoe explains some of the cultural differences between the cities, particularly in terms of race and identity, in the process paying homage to one of London's finest, Amy Winehouse. Having attended the same sixth form of Zoe, we couldn't help but reminisce about growing up as UK Garage exploded, and it turns out we were both a little bit in love with Damon Alban back in the day. Right, the mixtape's here and it's coming your way. Wicked. So what should we start with Zoe B? Let's uh, start with um, what, what about the tune that reminds you of like, parents and families?
1: The tune that reminds me of my family, right. Um, so yeah, when I think about uh, my childhood and my mum and dad, I do, um, you know, I think about lots of different musical influences. I think about hip hop, um, I think about Paul Simon, yes. I think about even like gospel music, um, Simon and Garfunkel as mm. well. But really, like the one track that for me is most moving and most evocative of my childhood in like a like deeply nostalgic way is um, a tune called uh, "Balm in Gilead" mm. by Paul Robeson. Um, and my parents used to play it. We had the records, and they used to play it on on like a record player. Mm. Um I think they probably used it to pacify us a lot as. Babies and mm. small children, um, but it's also it's very personal to my mum that track. So mm. he was um, a communist, and both my mother and my uh, grandfather, her dad, they were members of the communist party. Okay. Yeah, and so the story goes that um, Paul Robeson was actually actually knew my grandparents, mm. and that he came to visit them. One summer in France, and my mum was a little baby, and he apparently sang this song to her. Uh, Um, I don't actually know if that's true. I really hope it is. Yeah, even Um, if it's not, even if it's not, I like (laughs) it. But yeah, um, yeah, I really hope it is true because that's just so dope. That as a little baby, this wonderful activist, beautiful Mm. man who you know suffered so much oppression and was very much a you know. Um, agitator of his times held my mum as a baby and sang this song, and then on my dad's side of the family, um, it was actually played at my other granddad's funeral. Mm. So on both sides, mm. I have this um, this song as 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 quite a big um, influence. Yeah.
0: It's lovely. I didn't know the tune, but when I saw your list, I had a little listen uh, earlier on. Yeah. It's deep, it's Oh deep, my it's like, God,
1: his voice, it's, like, it yeah, moves your soul. I have not really heard
0: much like it. it was, I was saying like, is this gospel? It was gospel, mm. but in a kind of different way, like almost like operatic or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, that was, yeah, you showed me a tune there. <laughs> <For> sure, <laughs> oh, I'm happy yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's nice, the idea of him singing a lullaby to your mum, I mom, know. <laughs> I guess he's got. He must be. He's passed now. Yeah, he's passed. yeah, 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 yeah. Many years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Wow. All right. Nice, nice. Uh, what about what about a tune that reminds you of school days growing up?
1: Right. So a tune that reminds me of growing up. Um, I mean, definitely. I think about garage. Um, so we, me and you, we went mm. to school. Sort of together in the same, I mean, we were literally in the same sick form, Mm -hmm. Um, but so you know that Garage and Jungle and Drum and Bass and Raga, Bashment, Mm -hmm. um, hip-hop also were like big um, scenes and influences at the Mm -hmm. time. And so for me, because I had older brothers, um, my eldest brother is 11 years older than me. And then after Mm. him, there's my brother Michael, who's three or four years older than me. So I was actually at quite a young age listening to the tunes that teenagers were listening to at the Mm. time. So even like before I was going out, I was listening to Garage. Mm. By the time I started going out to raves, of course, I was going to old school Garage nights because it's almost like the scene of... uh, was, had already passed. Mm. Um, but so garage always takes me back to my childhood. Yeah. you and ever go
0: to any of those like, under 18 garage raves? Yeah, yeah. do you remember the oh, little like, baby raves? Yeah. Like Ralph Lauren shirt. Totally. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, a bit of Burberry if you're uh, lucky. Maybe someone will try and chirp yeah, you. Yeah, it was
0: bigger fish. I remember bigger fish <laughs> yes. used to run the raves.
1: That's right. Mm. Yeah. Wow, God, yeah. I haven't heard that
0: yeah. in the ages. But could you pick one garage? you know it's hard yeah. to pick one? No,
1: it's hard. It is hard, but... For me, the one that is like... Because I associate Garage with good times and feeling good. Mm, mm. And um, and for me, the one that is is the happiest of all the Garage tracks mm. is Flowers yeah. by um, Sweet Female Attitude. And I listen to that track a lot. Like, mm. I still listen to it a lot. Um, and yeah, it just, it, it just takes me back to... Maybe it's because... I was ignorant and ignorance is bliss. Or maybe it's because things really have shifted um, socially, politically in London. But for me, it felt like there was just a lot of optimism Mm. in the air and that was being reflected in this Mm. music scene and that like we, I was born as were you into Thatcher's London Mm. and then it was John Major's London and everything was you know shit Mm. and then all of a sudden like we had the Labour Party finally got in Mm. and it just felt like London was this you know this this kind of melting pot and land of opportunity Mm. and I lived in Hackney which really was like just incredible in the 80s and 90s and um like, a lot of integration and um, just lots going on. And and so, yeah, I think the music was reflecting this sort of hopeful mm. vibe in mm. the city. Um, yeah, whether or not that we were all in illusion or not, I don't know. I suppose that's up to everyone's individual experience mm. but um the music was feel good.
0: It was no, I think you're right. I think there was more it felt like there was things were more positive then. Right. For sure. Right. For and sure. you know, maybe
1: and then and then I think a lot of people felt let down by mm. the Labour Party and and um then we got grime instead then we had grime exactly yeah. and they were like no nah, we're really fucking going <laughs> yeah. and grime's great and grime yeah. has a function but grime is not about spreading love mm. garage was like celebrate life mm. and spread love mm. uh, so yeah
0: flowers. yeah <laughs> and, no the flower tune is something else because even though it gets so rinsed it's still it's still like when you hear it it still it's, gets you do you know what i mean it's that yeah you're like yeah totally it it's euphoria isn't it it's i know totally. it is. Yeah, it comes out of the weddings and you just like everywhere, yeah. like just around to the dance floor. <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and I
1: think, you know, as a woman, like we all want to be bought flowers, mm. like Can't constantly. Go Can't go wrong. <laughs> just Constantly want to be bought flowers. Mm. It's a beautiful expression of love and service. Mm. And, yeah.
0: But what about the tune that reminds you of a special place?
1: Right. So the tune that reminds me... Okay, so I, I, I sort of interpreted that question as um, I was thinking a lot about hip-hop and um, hip-hop's influence in my life and so again like my brothers really introduced me to the music that I then became obsessed with Mm. but for me Biggie and Tupac were like these the two pillars of rap that Mm. I think in the UK are seen aspired Mm. to the American scenes Mm. and um And because I come from a creative family and my mum, she was at the time uh, a theatre teacher. Mm. And um, so, yeah, so and I, you know, lots of actors and directors in my family. So Mm. I really appreciated Shakespeare Mm. and poetry. Mm. And then my big brother Michael introduced me to Biggie's music and it blew my mind open. I was Mm. like, this, this is... Genius, Like, mm. this is actual fucking lyrical mm. genius. Mm. And um, and I definitely became obsessed. And I, <laughs> I pretty much committed most of his lyrics to memory. And that became, like, the party trick. And I used mm. to annoy my friends. I'd be like, okay, all right. Yeah. So, piped out.
0: No, I'm glad you um, mentioned Biggie. Because when I think of you, I often think of Biggie. Right, um, right. I've got a memory I'm of, flattered. like, skiing up in the mountains. <laughs> yes. And all I'm hearing is Biggie lyrics. So like, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah.
1: exactly I was I was like the biggie gal yeah. and then um and you know my my obsession continued and and then you know years later I moved to the states I moved to New York and I had a baby there and um because I I have like this croaky voice because of <laughs> how much weed we used to smoke, mm. um, <laughs> I can't sing. Like, I have a mm. horrible, horrible singing voice. Mm. And so when my daughter Cleo was born and she would cry a lot, mm. um, I didn't want to sing to her because that I felt self-conscious and also, like, that would definitely not help the situation. No <laughs> one's, no one's going to relax when I sing. Mm-hmm. So I would rap to her. Yes. And when I was sleep-deprived in the middle of the night, I would just rap Biggie because that's you know that's part of my DNA at this point. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, So I had his lyrics coming out of my mouth, and I'm sort of cooing them into the ear of this tiny little baby girl, and um, it was like one of the first times that I really was confronted by how much sexual violence and misogyny. I was
0: going to say, were you censoring the lyrics? Right, is within the lyrics, and I wasn't
1: censoring them. And then I was like, hang on, Zoe, like you have to you're now complicit in this like you you're repeating this messaging into this little girl mm. who is the future who is part of the future mm. and um and that's that's okay but you just have to have an awareness of, of what you're doing mm. um and so I actually ended up doing um creating an exhibition which I showed with a gallery in LA and then little groups of the installation went into various different um museum shows and group shows and and whatnot, kind of in bare different places around the world. But I hand embroidered all the lyrics... um that referred to women from Biggie and Tupac Mm -hmm. and I had embroidered them onto vintage lingerie Mm -hmm. and created this installation that you walked through and you would feel these garments that hung from the ceiling Mm. against your skin and they would move and whatnot and that was really about um, just exploring the representation of women within the genre of Mm hip-hop in looking at these kind of two polarising views of women and you got Tupac rapping about his mum and his wifey and actually being quite, you know, pro-choice and anti-violence in some of his lyrics. And then you've got Biggie doing the complete opposite, Mm. but in like the most genius way. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, that was... um, it's a
0: mad it's paradoxes, isn't it? Yeah. When you hear Biggie's mum talk about him, mm-hmm. it's like she makes she can't believe he's saying some of these things Exactly. And it's, it's,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's really an it's an interesting topic to me, I think, mm. because I think also living in America, um, you know, I think a lot about how yes, I mean, we can't deny that hip hop is like overwhelmingly sexist. Like mm. the the lyrical content of hip hop is way more sexist than it isn't. Mm. But also you got to look at America and what America is. And this is a nation that goes out of its way to tell young black boys that they're violent, Mm. that they're sexist, that they're rapists even, Mm. that they're gonna leave their baby mamas and Mm. abandon their children. Mm. That there's something to be feared about them. Mm. And then when these young boys go into men and they're making their art about that narrative, it's also, it's that same society and culture that Mm. says, y'all shouldn't do that. Mm. And it's like, well, you told them that's who they are. So Mm. you can't really criticize Mm. The music that they make mm. for reflecting the messaging that you've been telling them their whole life. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I find that quite interesting out there.
0: No, it is. It is actually as a whole. Yeah, That's a big thing to jump in. But you know, you've, you've, you've touched upon it eloquently, <laughs> man. <laughs> Rather, well, um, what biggie tune would you, did you go for? Anyway? Oh,
1: yeah. So I got a story to tell. And, yes. and the reason... Is I mean it's so funny. It's such a funny track. But what I really love about it is is the um, narrative quality of that track. And mm. you know, there's no chorus and no verse. Mm. It's like it's also like melodically, it's beautiful. It's, it's so beautiful, Definitely right? My yeah, right. Oh my yeah. god. And then yeah. it's just this one story, like this stream that he raps in, and it just yeah it opened my eyes to the kind of the storytelling quality mm. or potential in music, mm. which I don't think at that age I had really thought about music in that way as mm. like a little, a little story, a little novel or a little, mm. you know, it has a beginning, middle and an end yeah. and yeah, it's yeah, fucking yeah. hysterical. Yeah. The yeah. way he tells it is it's oh different. God. It's, it is,
0: yeah, it's brilliant. Because when you when I, when you sent me over the list, I was like, yes, I love that tune. I, <laughs> so I was just playing it earlier on, and then I because I was, I had I looked it up on Google and stuff, and it was it was going into little talks about whether it was a true story and who oh, really? who was it about because it was um we thought it's a play from the Knicks, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's like rumours about which player he's talking yeah. about. And there's a whole there's a whole myth around the tune. Jokes, um, but yeah, I think that's that's definitely Biggie's best tune for mm-hmm. me as well. Oh, Big. Yeah, I know. It's funny. I went. I think I went through the two-pack phase first, and then after yeah. went to Biggie, it's funny how you got the different. Because I always remember the time when the big news when Biggie died. That, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think I'd even heard of him un- up until then. Yeah. And I'm coming to school, and like some of the cool older kids were talking about it. like, what yeah. is this guy? And he's just been shot. When a whole kind of drama around that. Yeah. I mean, we were young, and I think it was after, mm-hmm. and
1: then of course. It was the tribute song that, like, yeah. blew up yes. in the charts That here. was like our parents were singing to that right, and stuff. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And everyone was trying to do the Puff Daddy yeah. dance when he's <laughs> right. in the rain. Oh, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, good memories, though. Good memories. Um, Yeah, I guess we could even, just thinking, talking about New York, I don't know if you want to say anything about how yeah. New York's, like, influenced you in terms of the music and living there with your work
1: yeah so I am so music is that's why I'm really glad to be doing this with you and I'm I'm honored to chat Mm. to you about music because music is such a huge part of my life Mm. like Mm. I think I don't know comparative to your average person I just know this from like partners of mine or friends of mine or family of mine I listen to music a shit ton. Mm. Like I actually should mu- listen to music less than mm. I do. I think I should probably listen to podcasts, a little more audio yeah. books. Um, <laughs> I live my life to music and mm. it allows me to at times live in a bit of a fantasy world. Mm. Um, so I'm a visual artist um, and in my studio there's constantly music on. Um, but I, I'm a very nostalgic person and I, I kind of live in the past um and musically i definitely Mm. live in the past Mm -hmm. and so i'm i'm not really aware of like current music Mm. movements i don't Mm. go to gigs no one sends me shit because they know Mm. i don't listen to it Mm. anymore like i couldn't tell you what's the track of the summer right now Mm. i have no clue um but yeah music is it's it's so a part of my everyday, both in the studio and then, like, in the bath. And then when I'm walking around the city. Um, and it has also become how um, I kind of relate to my own spiritual practice as well. I know mm. this is a big tangent. Mm. We no, we could go on to that into tune, though, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. About, yeah, the, the tune that kind of you said
0: was like a yeah, spiritual tune. Right. So mm.
1: I... Um, so I learned... I, uh, a meditation practice like fuck i don't know like seven years ago it was mm-hmm. when my daughter was nine months old and um it's like a mantra based it's like tm mm-hmm. kind of they called it vedic meditation mm-hmm. um and you get sanskrit mantra and you're supposed to meditate uh, twice a day for mm-hmm. 20 minutes and it was brilliant for me like mm-hmm. it it completely renewed my my energy helped with my insomnia my tiredness everything everything mm. um and opened me up artistically um and from that I started to you know my interest like was definitely um peaked into like well what where does this come from? Like, mm. who are these people that discovered these mantras? And mm. like, what's really going on? Like, mm. what's happening in India? And and when they were discovering these mantras, what else were they discovering? Mm. And so, I started to get these um, Ayurvedic sort of body massage things like once a month, mm. um, and then through that community of like meditators and healers and whatnot. Um, I started to go to this Hindu temple mm-hmm. in the East Village because on Thursday evenings they would do kirtan. And mm-hmm. so, kirtan is the kind of group chanting of Sanskrit mantras. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a religious piece to it. Um, where I go, they do it, there's an altar and there's deities of Krishna and Radha, and there's a whole like they offer things to. These gods and goddesses. I'm not personally really there for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm there because I think there's great power in um, in song and devotional song and mm. and a, a group of strangers all coming and sitting together mm-hmm. and singing these mantras. I personally believe that Sanskrit as a language has um, really incredible um, transcendental. Uh, powers or qualities mm, mm. really and that these these words there sound vibrations and um so yeah so music has become um a part of my spiritual practice as well mm. and um and this woman Janavi she um she sings regularly she leads kirtan with her harmonium and mm. people drum and mm. um she's just got a stunning stunning voice um I love this track and when I heard it I actually texted it to my mother um, and so as we were like discussing earlier before we started my mum she's she's, you know battling cancer Mm. and it's terminal and she's been battling it for many many years and she's often up. Um, late at night or early in the morning she Mm. can't sleep I'm an insomniac I can't sleep and Mm. so we text each other like when I'm going to bed I know she's up and Mm. so I texted her this song um, when she was feeling particularly anxious and unwell and she started listening to it on repeat Mm. and so this is again like through music like another way that I can attempt to connect with my mum and see if there's you know some like healing or goodness or just even just some relaxation that mm. she can garner from mm. these mantras so yeah i really like this track
0: oh <laughs> yeah that's peak man that is it's true like nothing can touch like music in that way mm. isn't it when you're going through those I've had, i don't know i guess i've done that a few times when i couldn't sleep and having like tough i don't know tough thoughts and stuff and just mm. thought, oh, put on a certain album and just relax you isn't yeah
1: it? Just, like... so what's yours
0: I know I drew off as a Van Morrison. Oh, really? Van just oh, yeah. gets me through, man. And that reminds you yeah. of your parents as well, Yes, right? that as well. I think yeah. it's family as well. But it's just him. He's just... I'll tell you that m-
1: yeah. one. That, um, did he do a cover? Or maybe it was his original track. Um, There'll Be Days Like This. Yeah. I think it's Van. That's a great one. Yeah, my dad loved that tune. Man, that, that's got mm, me through. Mm,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, man, he's something else. He is... Yeah, oh you're doing well man I knew when I put a mic in front of you You'd be good man, you'd be good Chat it so, up Yeah for sure Give Buckman the mic She might fucking yeah. shut up She'll be up. able to chat man It's good, that's <laughs> what we need um, What about not to go on a sombre vibe What about a song you'd have at your funeral?
1: Oh I love talking about it <laughs> I love it Artists are obsessed with death I'm mm. pretty sure mm. um, I think about this all the time Maybe it's part of my like naval gazing, self-indulgent mm. Narcissistic quality But I love thinking about my funeral um, and there's a couple of tracks that I have actually written this down. I have, please make a note that I have on my laptop, a document that says <laughs> funeral, because those are my wishes on there <laughs> and they're specific. Um, so one of the tracks is, um, Champagne's Supernova <laughs> by Oasis. <laughs> and that's really like, I just want people to fucking feel awesome mm. and feel like maybe I was awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and just celebrate life. And um, it's really beautiful. And for some reason, I don't know what Champagne Supernova is about, actually, but um, there's definitely something sad about it. I've, I've listened to it at times and shed tears mm. and I've, then I've listened to it and felt really great and celebratory. But I think for me, something about that track speaks to what is beyond. Mm -hmm. And the unknown and what's out there. And Mm -hmm. this might just, I might be completely missing the point. Like someone else could say, are you kidding Zoe? It's about, um, I don't know. Getting smashed on champagne. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. It's about like the disgusting hedonism of 90s nightlife or Mm -hmm. something. But for me, it makes me think of like this this great possibilities in the universe. And so I want that played at my funeral because... I want people to come up to my funeral and be like, maybe there's more out mm. there, maybe yeah. she's out there.
0: Yeah, man. It is a tune, a proper tune. It's, it's a proper sing-along, isn't it? It really is,
1: yeah. yeah. Totally, like, lighter in the air, side to side.
0: Yeah. Now, I haven't really thought about, from what you're saying, thinking about the lyrics, they are deep, aren't they? It's that? that. how many special people change.
1: Yeah, how many yeah. lives are living strange? Where were you when we were getting high? It
0: is, yeah, that is... Faster
1: than a cannonball... Someday
0: you will find me. Was it? Yes, yeah. yeah that's no, 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 a, someday no, no, no. you will find me. So Caught beneath like the landslide. Yeah, yeah. Like champagne supernova. Yeah, it is, a, it is. I think. Yeah, you're right. I think it's one of his best, isn't yeah, it? Definitely. No, like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That was yeah, definitely Oasis as a whole other, that oh a whole other God, time, isn't it? yeah. So initially, I was a blur boy, and then I kind of... Yeah, me too. I, I was just loved David Arbour, and then I? I used to try and do my hair like him. <laughs> he was the one. He oh, was.
1: my God. There's a special place in my heart for that
0: man. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Still crashing on him, still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is, like, he is. He was always the man. He always
0: was with his little, those little zip-up jacket. used to so wear. Cool. He was, he was. Just so it? fucking mm. cool.
1: But, yeah, I was, I was definitely... I loved Blur and Oasis, and I loved the we even though you know growing up it was like there was some pressure to choose if you were going to listen to Britpop or if you were going to listen to hip-hop I feel like most people listen to both and that was totally acceptable and and you know they they serve in different ways Mm, man definitely yeah definitely
0: it's all about that hybrid isn't it exactly Yes, (laughs) yes um What's, what's next? What about what about the song you might play, like a victory tune to get you, when oh. you're like celebrating something or...
1: Yeah, I love this. I love that you asked this question. Because yeah. um, I've actually done this. Like I have, you know, left the meeting and thought, I kind of smashed that meeting. Yeah. Or, you know, had a studio visit and been like... Brrr. Yeah. And then um, like walked home and put um, Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys. And, you know, and then and then I just pretend that she's singing about me Mm -hmm. and she wrote a song about me. Mm. And then when the beat drops that first time and it's, you know, this girl is on fire, it just gives me this like, you know, little little boost of um, awesomeness and confidence. Mm. I think it's a great track for, for women and girls and
0: um oh nice what else we got to cover we covered a lot actually what else what about what about um yeah like a tune that got you through hard times
1: yeah well that so that was easy for me to think of because I because yeah because she's hard man I mean I'm Mm. I'm coming out of it but I got divorced a year ago Mm. and so that was yeah the most at the time the most difficult thing that I had ever gone through. And then, then, yeah, and then my mum's terminal diagnosis turned out to be like, oh, great. What, is anything else? Anything Mm -hmm. else out there? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, so I would listen a lot to Godspeed by Frank Ocean. Mm. Um, Again, it's definitely got some sort of gospel in it, which is just fucking beautiful and uplifting. But I think, to me, it's a song about a breakup. And, um, and it's about just maintaining that love. Like he says, I, I will always love you how I do mm. and I'll let go of a prayer for you. And it's just, it was what I really hoped for, for my divorce, mm. um, was that we would manage to sort of transcend the bickering and, you know, the making the mountains out of molehills, mm. um and and get to a place where we were just both, you know, best friends really. Mm. And we're pretty close to getting there actually, mm. one year out, like I'm very proud of both of us. Mm. Um, but this track, Godspeed, was um, was a big part of um, my healing for my divorce. Mm. Yeah, and I, I love it.
0: Mm. Oh wow. Well. That is a lot, that is a lot with, yeah, with your mum as well, I'm sorry, yeah. man, I still have to go through in a year, thank man. You. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I mean, mm. also,
1: you know, the flip mm. is that I am fucking blessed, mm. like, to even have had and still have the relationship with my mother that I do, mm. is like, so many people don't get that, like, mm. my mum is awesome she's awesome and we had and still have an amazing relationship Mm. and the fact that I know that she's unwell and that you know we don't know how how long she has but the fact that I'm given this time with her now Mm. you know some people lose Mm. their parents or their loved ones suddenly to a car crash or whatever Mm. um so I feel really blessed and similarly with my marriage like Okay, it didn't work out in the traditional sense, but fucking hell, we had a good run. We mm. were together 11 years. Mm. We have the most incredible daughter. We had this beautiful love. Mm. It's transition, transitioned into something different, but I'm so lucky to have known that in mm. this lifetime. Mm. And the fact that we've transitioned out of it, we both of us pretty unscathed. Like, mm. th- th- these are... The kind of blessings
0: mm, that's the way to look at it yeah for sure. that is, yeah for real that is the yeah that's that's the way to look at life and that is man definitely count your blessings yeah, yeah. For um real. all right what what about a poem for you like a special poem oh my
1: god yeah so um one of my best friends in the whole wide world <laughs> BBS is a poet called Sabrina Mapoos and she's a poet, she's a playwright, she's actually writing a screenplay also, and she's an activist and God I've known her um probably like twelve or thirteen years now. We were both cocktail waitresses together at Cuckoo Club okay, back in the day. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, we would talk about our hopes and dreams beyond cocktail waitressing and how it was just gonna fund our um ventures and Mm. it was at the time funding my obsession with alexander mcqueen (laughs) um but she was actually staying with me and david my ex-husband when i was pregnant and when i went into labor she was Mm. dusting on our couch Mm. and so i went into labor in the middle of the night and in the early hours of the morning david went and woke her because I, I had a home birth, which okay. we'd always planned to. Mm-hmm. But my daughter was, um, she came a couple weeks early. So yeah, we had a house guest. They didn't <laughs> think it was going to be a thing. And then so he woke her up and was like, um, uh, Sabrina, Sabrina, Zoe's um, so going into labor. And Sabrina was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he's like, no, it's fine, it's fine. But I, I, I got you a hotel room. And so he, <laughs> he actually booked her a hotel room down the road. And she was like, right, right, right. She got her belongings and she left. I felt, you know... I wouldn't mind giving birth with her in a room, but I don't really want to put anyone through that. I didn't mm. know how it was going to go down. <laughs> um, so, gave birth, it was fucking awesome. Like, no light, it was amazing. Mm. Listened to my Hindu yoga, spiritual stuff. Um, and then she came back the next day and she was. Apart from my mother, who was also staying with us, she was the first person to visit the baby, and oh. she came back with a poem. Sorry, I was like rambling. I no, no, the that, was a, that was a good anecdote. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed that. So <laughs> she had written, she had typed out, um, and like mounted this beautiful poem that she had written about the night that my daughter was born, mm. which I can read or you can read. No, you read it, please. Shall I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna flop it. I just want to say that this would be so much better if Sabrina read it. But I'll, I'll attempt and then you can cut it out if it <laughs> sounds terrible. So it's called The Night Before You Were Born. <clears throat> and she writes, Your mum had a curry. Funny, I never had believed that old story Of spice enticing the little ones out But now you've proved there's little doubt The air that night was warm Heavy with chilled breeze Like if you licked it your tongue would catch a prickle Her face that night was warm, heavy with the lightness of her smile, like if you missed it, you probably needed glasses. She had raced around all day, doing photo shoots, making life more alive, and lavender-scented yoga to keep you on your toes. She glowed, but not in a cheesy way, in a sun-drenched sand-bunched ice cream cone, crunched its finely summer kind of way. Your dad was making life easier for everyone, everything lovingly prepared for the arrival of your new life that had begun nine months ago, and he glowed too. Your grandma was pleased that she wasn't making pea soup, even though I'm sure it's the best pea soup in the world. The spinach sat unruffled on the shelf in the fridge. Your mum raided it later on when she felt your after curry kick. The city's star rose and the taxis below beeped for you. The sun burnt central park's newly cut grass for you. The whole of Tribeca tried to cheer for you but you couldn't hear because the sound of all the heart-held love for you was so loud. And it always will be. But don't worry, earplugs are cheap and easy. Uh, oh my days.
0: No, oh, you. Yeah. it's so beautiful. Yeah
1: my god and what a gift like that was definitely the best Mm. post baby gift
0: Mm. is is it does like does your daughter know the poem a bit now as well she yeah
1: she does yeah Yeah. and I I have it framed um in my studio right um right by my desk Mm. that's lovely for her to have that man yeah it's
0: empty obviously that's yeah that's lovely
1: yeah it's nice like I'm glad you made me read it actually because it's nice to hear it out loud again Mm.
0: it is yeah it's so yeah, I think yeah, it's always nice to hear poems out loud, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. Sometimes just to hear that, to hear the sound of the languages, you get different, you get different vibes from it. I think. Um, and the other one you were you were struggling was it um, the tune that reminds you of holiday?
1: Yeah, time? yeah. So yeah, I um I wanted to I, I I guess the a track a different track that reminds me of a specific time and place and like definitely, um summer. I think we were trying to figure out what year it was, but I think it's 2003 or 2004. For me, it was <clears throat> all about Amy Winehouse. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, it was just suddenly, like... I think maybe music was a bit stagnant at the time, actually, and suddenly there was this force and this voice. And, you know, for a woman, like, the way she spoke in interviews... Um, Her music, her honesty, like her how raw she was, was so refreshing. Mm. Um, And I think is like pretty unmatched to this day. Mm. Um, So Fuck Me Pumps is definitely a tune that, of the album Frank, which was obviously, it was her first album. It was when most of us were introduced to her music. Um, Yeah, Fuck Me Pumps was just brilliant because you know, we used to go to rap battles, didn't we? And like, who doesn't like listening to people cuss each other? Mm, it's great. Mm. And it's a cuss track, but it's a woman doing it. Mm. And it's a woman it's, it was doing it in this kind of like almost old fashioned, I don't know, blues kind of mm. sound. Um And it just, that whole album and that track was so, just so inspiring to me at the time. And now, you know, Amy Winehouse now that I live in the states I've I've actually had a few people mention her and her music mm. to me because I think out there they've they have found me quite difficult to figure out mm. and it's a lot to do with race and how it's just a, it, there's just different conversations in the states to, mm. the, to to the ones here and I think growing up in London particularly in state school mm. or particularly in in north London or east London like the predominant culture is black culture. Mm -hmm. And so whatever colour you were, you were most likely to embody that in Mm -hmm. some way, Mm -hmm. in the way that you dress, in the way that you talk, Mm -hmm. in your influences. But out there, that's not actually the case. Um, And so the vast majority of my friends in New York are black or mixed race. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've I've had many of them remark on like, but what you know? What are you? And like, oh, what do you mean? I'm well. I'm they're like, what's your mix? And I'm like, I'm I'm not mixed. I'm white. Um, and they're like, but you don't, but you don't seem white though. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know. No, it's because I'm from London. Mm. And they're like, oh, I'm like, I'm actually Jewish. And they're like, oh, like Amy.
0: Oh, is it? Yeah.
1: And they're like, oh, so mm. you're white and you're Jewish and you're from London. <laughs> okay, now I get it. You're a bit like Amy Winehouse. She was a bit odd. Um, and, you know, you wear gold and you have long nails and you mm. drop some yardy slang every now and Oh, now we get it. It's just that that doesn't really exist out in the States. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, as much
1: as it does here.
0: That is interesting. That is, that is actually, well, I know it's funny. I think about it as well sometimes in terms of, yeah, you're right. That was the culture that, that was the most, that had the most influence on us growing up. Yeah. And yeah, and it still does to a large extent. It's funny now getting older and, I don't know, just, um, yeah, just like comparing it to different generations and figure how much they understand. I don't know, even when I was doing um, a bit of creative writing myself, and you need to talk about what is your voice. You need, mm. to, you need to give your authentic voice when you're writing. Mm-hmm. And then, so I was finding myself, yeah, using using certain language, like certain slang words. And it's funny because if people, I don't know, I just became very aware of it thinking, do people know? Why? Do they think I'm trying it or do they? Right. What do they make of this? It's, it's, right. it's, it's, this is right. This is kind
1: of appropriation. Mm. But then, yeah, when it is, you know, when when I when I was growing up, like if you were Vietnamese or somalian or Turkish or like white English mm. or Jamaican or African, like everyone spoke like they were Jamaican, yeah. really. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and so maybe we were all mutually trying it.
0: It is. No, there's even, I was reading the whole thing about like a linguistic thing. They've even got a name for it. Like it's, oh, really? It's like multi uh, something London vernacular. I can't remember what it is. Interesting. But these academics have gone deep on it. And oh, like, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's fascinating to me. Because so, it's not yeah. like that in the States. It's mm. like there's sort of the mainstream culture and then there's, you know, black culture and that's different. And then that's sort of appropriated by the mainstream culture. But there's not this kind of predominant blending Mm. in that way
0: Mm. so it feels less integrated yeah 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 Mm. for sure Mm -hmm. that's interesting that is yeah it's funny because i guess from what we see so much i guess what we see in here is that the stuff on tv and we just don't i don't we just we see different things i suppose Mm -hmm. we we, obviously we see this certain rappers or i don't know atlanta certain programs it makes you think maybe things are different because i don't know we just we yeah you, you only get a certain thing through the media i suppose why 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 yeah well no it's interesting man <laughs> it's gone mad political this one but that's good that's I know. good that's good, that's good. <laughs> i think we've have we have i missed anything out
1: <clears throat> there was
0: it's gonna be a mixtape? sick one though you've done me you've done me proud oh my babe
1: i could i could talk to you, you about done, music all yeah, day we'll
0: it. have to do a part two another time was there a... oh on, yeah this is one um Yeah, do you have a favourite song that someone made for you on a mixtape? Yes,
1: I do, I do, I do. Um... So it's not technically, technically it's not a, a mixtape per se, because um, it's 2018 and I don't know uh, people who still do that. I'm like you, that. I'm nostalgic, man. Right, I'm, I'm right, living in the past, exactly. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, I have a boyfriend now mm. and um, yeah, he's he's amazing. We've been seeing each other um, coming up a year mm. and he works a lot of the time in Toronto, mm. Um, but he also lives in London, and I'm in Brooklyn now. Mm. So, yeah, we have a, a long distance relationship. Mm. And so it's kind of romantic at times. And he sends me tracks, and sometimes I'll send him tracks. But, um, you know, when we don't see each other, he'll we'll often um, reference this track, When I Get My Hands On You. Mm. Um, who is it by?
0: Was it the Lost? It's on, yeah, it's on said... the
1: Lost Basement tapes. Yeah, yeah it
0: was it. Yeah, yeah. I
1: didn't know that track. He said something like, you know, blah blah, I can't wait to see you when I get my hands mm. on you. And I was like, oh, I like it. Mm. I like it. And he was like, oh, you don't know that? Don't you know that track? Mm. I was like, no. He goes, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. yeah, I put that one downstairs as well I didn't know it. It was yeah, so decent, I didn't know man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I'm always happy to get shown a few more tunes, man. <laughs> Yeah, have you been out to Toronto then? Yeah,
1: yeah, I went a few times. Mm. Um, My brother was there, I like it there, oh really? He
0: was there visiting his mate who's been living out there a little bit. Got you. Um, He was just saying they're mad for Drake. Yeah, they are. He said you can't move, it's just pure Drake. Yeah, 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 they are for sure. Understandably, like he's... he's, Yeah, he's their national treasure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got time for Canada, man. I like Mm. it a lot, actually. I'm also, I'm really into... Like I would choose a lake over a beach any day. Like yeah. I'm a lake girl. Mm. I don't. I don't really like waves and sand and mm. chaos. Like mm. I want nice, still, cool water, mm. and they've got beautiful lakes out there. And it's, yeah, it's great. And then the the country is not fucked up like America is fucked mm. up. Um, mm. So mm. I, I appreciate Canada and Canadian people. Mm. Yeah.
0: Drake is sick as well, man. I love Drake. Yeah. I, I'm, I feel no way saying it, man. I'm just like, I just, <laughs> speak just, your truth, I do, man. He just, he's just like, it's just hit after hit with Drake, man. Yeah, I just he's like, great. put him in the car. Just like, yes. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Mixtape Assembly. To see the full track list, check out other episodes and subscribe to the podcast. Go to mixtapeassembly.com.